Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Mage Wars Mondays. My name is Rick Perez of Let's Level Up, and unfortunately, Scott Morris couldn't be here today, but we are joined again by the indomitable one. Well, I suppose I'm, I am still here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at Ned the Destroyer, Aaron Brosman, everybody. He is um awesome guy. I'm sure you've listened to the... If you're listening to this, I'm sure you've listened to the other podcasts, right? If you're coming to us for the first time, thank you for taking this journey with us. This is Mage Wars Mondays. We are the uh, official podcast of Mage Wars, the... Um, I call it the best game. Um, and um, today we have a really special episode for all the Force Master fans. So we're going to talk about our lovely lady in blue, um, our Jedi Knight, so to speak. There's a lot of different names for her and different nicknames. Um, are, gonna... are legally distinct from Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, she definitely does not have a lightsaber. It's made of force, it's not made of light, so it's, <laughs> it is very different. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about the Force Master, and um, the Force Master is a really, really unique, really powerful hero. It was one of the, um, I think, most played books at the G Big Gen Con tournament. And um, she could do a lot of different things, and has a lot of different ways that she can play. Um, so I guess without further ado, let's just jump right into some of her stats. All right. So the Force Master comes with a standard 120 book, uh, 20 spell point book. She has 32 natural health, zero armor, and she gets 10 channeling, which is really huge. She is trained in the Mind School of Magic, and uh, of course that means that non-mind creature spells are going to cost triple during her spell book corruption uh, uh, construction. So if you're going to put some non-mind creature spells in there, it's going to take a lot more points, um, which right away should tell you a, um, a bit of how she plays. Um, I don't know, Aaron, do you, do you find a lot of Force Masters who are heavy in creatures to be successful? Well, the, the problem is if you, if you go heavy on creatures with her, um, the easy ones to add are the mind creatures, and the mind creatures are in general pretty flimsy uh -huh. and there's also only three of them right now so um it's definitely really tr tough to go heavy on creatures with her now that being said i do think um i do think you want to include at least one solid creature in there and that's kind of uh one of the things that i think is the the defining choice of how you build a force master is what that one creature is um you're paying triple points for it so whatever you think is going to be uh you know the most beneficial um that's going to be that creature that you'll pay triple for mm -hmm. but she doesn't she she's not gonna she's never gonna run tons of creatures um simply because if she does she will probably have a book of next to nothing else left right right <laughs> um yeah, but that said, there are still a few, there. <clears throat> she still has a few, I'd say, pretty meaningful choices as to what kind, what she wants to do with her creatures. Awesome. Well, the Force Master has one of my favorite abilities in the game. Um, she, her one of her main abilities she has is called Deflect, and that says that when the Force Master uses uh, uses telekinesis to deflect attacks, 
She has a natural defense that she can use once per round, um, essentially avoids attacks on a roll of 7 or higher. Um, she can, uh, Whenever she does that, she has to pay 1 mana before that, though. And then once the deflect has been used, uh, you just basically flip a token over and you can't use it again in the turn. Um, to my knowledge, she is the only mage right now with a natural defense, um, which is pretty huge when you get her up close. Um, and I think it causes a lot of people to close that distance early and just to have her go out and just start annihilating things just herself, which is a really interesting play. Well, uh, she definitely, like... So she has that. The wizard has his Voltaric shield. Mm -hmm. um, there, you know, there... Uh, then the druid has her life bond. So there are, are several mages who have built-in ways to kind of give them extra survivability. But the thing to keep in mind is uh, it's a defense. Mm -hmm. So unavoidable attacks are going to ignore it and laugh at you. Right. Um, also, it's not guaranteed. Uh -oh. It's not guaranteed. It's, uh, yeah, my phone just went off, and that was, in fact, the Imperial March. Yeah. Um, I think that's uh, a sign that we're doing the right podcast right now. Anyway, <laughs> but um, you have to roll for it, so it's not guaranteed. So unlike um, unlike the wizard or the druid, it, you're not you don't know whether or not you're going to be able to stop it. Now, the that also means that unlike the wizard, the druid, you're not going to be stopping two or three points of damage. You have the opportunity, you know, to block the entire attack. So at a crucial moment, you know, it can be uh, pretty substantial. Um, and then the last thing is, it only stops attacks. Um, if you put a bunch of damage on a druid through other means, she can life bond that away and get it regenerated off of a tree. Hmm. Um, but if you snag a force master with a ghoul rot, then she's not going to uh, she's not going to be able to stop that. Um, so anything that produces damage that isn't an attack, um, drain life, excellent example. Um, she's going to uh, that's going to slip right under her radar. Right. So as awesome as it makes you feel, you are hardly invincible. <laughs> <laughs> so. Do you um, think do you think that's, that's an error that a lot of um, or that 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 force masters can make early on? They see that defense and they maybe get a little too aggressive too soon. Uh, I've known I I know I've done it. <laughs> yeah. um, I've seen people I've seen people do it. That is generally a mistake you will make once or twice, um, and then you'll realize that that ability is gravy. Um, it is not, in fact, you know, the meat and potatoes. Um, it goes good on top of everything else, and it's a nice ability to have. But that's that's not the that's not the whole story. So, Aaron, I've got a question for you, and this may be uh, uh, for some of the newer players out there. But if I have a defense as a mage, uh, can I add equipment that gives me defenses and give me additional defenses? Yes, but you you when you get attacked, you have to pick one of them okay. to you. You can't um, when at one point when we were playtesting Force Master, um, 
while we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do with all this, um, I remember going through and using like four defenses on the same attack um, because I kept missing. And then, of course, the next day I found out, oh, no, that is not at all how they're supposed to work. <laughs> um, so that's that's the thing is you can you can load up on defenses, um, but keep in mind that defenses are an all-or-nothing proposal. You're either going to block the attack and be super awesome, or you're going to get slapped for the whole thing and be really sore. Yeah. That's an interesting way to look at it, yeah. Um, the uh, last ability the Force Master has, other than her basic melee attack of uh, three damage, or rather three dice, um, is Force Pool, which once per round she can cast a quick Force spell, uh, being Force Pool. Uh, the target creature is pushed one zone towards her. Um, so essentially she's going to close the distance a little bit even uh, a little bit quicker with Force Pool, or bring things to her that, so that way she can uh, slice and dice with her Force Sword. Um, the one thing here is that you can't actually pull somebody through a wall that has a passage attack trait. Um, so you couldn't necessarily, as, as fun as it would be, throw a wall of fire down and then pull somebody through that wall of fire. Um, force pool cost uh, one mana. It's a quick. It's a quick spell, of course, and it will target um, a creature um, one to two zones away. So that's a very interesting um, ability in itself. Well, the 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 thing about force pull. Is it looks it looks really simple, mm -hmm. um, but that to me is the bread and butter of a Force Master. Um, it's what gives her, at any given moment, a pretty crazy threat range. Mm -hmm. um, if you put if you put a Cheetah Speed on her, she can move two squares. Then she can pull you the third square into her, and then she can attack you. Mm-hmm. Or rather, I I got that wrong. I apologize, because it has to go in a different order. Um, without Cheetah Speed, she can move a square and then pull you into it and attack you. Or she can, you know, move, you know, with Cheetah Speed, move two squares and then pull you and then, like, shoot a spell at you or something like that. Um, because of how the activations work, you can't use your quick cast in the middle of it so you can't actually move two squares and then pull and then melee but the other thing is it's it's a free movement um, not completely free I mean obviously you're spending your quick cast on it but it's a free movement that you can do before your activation so if someone's in a zone next to you you can force pull them and then you get to do your double strike with your galvatar because you haven't had to move. And that's, I think, the big key to the Force Master is, um, is being able to kind of play with those movement tricks. Mm -hmm. um, both, both to occasionally move your own, um, your own creatures and to try and move your opponents. Um, that, that spell breaks guards. I mean, it doesn't say it, but... If your opponent has a guard in the zone, and you pull that guard into a different zone, and then you walk in and beat the guy you you wanted to, then you've effectively broken the guard. And this the opposite is true too. Um, if you pull out the person that they want to protect, so they're not in the zone with the guard anymore, um, 
basically it, there's all of these kind of movement tricks um, that really really make the force master constantly threatening um, it's very hard to hide from her it's very hard to keep something safe from her um, simply because uh, you know if you wanted to like if you are trying to guard your mage you know she you have to be able to make both your mage and whoever's guarding him um, unmovable because otherwise she's going to be able to pull one of you out and she's going to be able to smite you or you're going to have to guard with multiple creatures in which case you know she can try and pull your mage you know so there's just a whole bunch of a whole bunch of movement stuff that that once you once you kind of get a grip on that um to me that's the biggest part of playing the force master is is ensuring that you're threatening as often as possible um and that's the thing that the force master is really great at is um pressure constant pressure mm-hmm. um she she can come out swinging and she doesn't have a problem you know sticking to those guns and and putting pressure on you awesome Aaron, let's let's talk um maybe not necessarily meta of the force master but let's let's talk about uh book construction and different types sure. of force master maybe archetypes that we could see um i know one that was uh, that was uh, really popular at gen con was just the the idea of the the rush type, right, or the solo build. Let me get in there. Let me enchant mm-hmm. my force master. Let me get Galvatar out there, and then just smash your face as quick as I can uh, before you have a chance to really start your engine. Um, what are some pros and cons of that? I mean, obviously, it's it's super quick, right? If you do it right. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, basically, basically, to me, there are three major ways to build a force master. Uh huh. Uh, and uh, most things are going to fall into one of those three ways. Um, and the first one is, you know, this kind of all-in solo rush Force Master. Um, basically, you know, first turn, you're throwing down a cheetah speed so you can clear the distance really quick. Um, you're putting on armor, possibly throwing out a uh, uh, Battle Forge um, so that you can keep getting equipped while you're attacking um and it's a lot of investment in your force master uh at the same time you know a a decked out force master you know is going to be able to throw a substantial amount of dice uh pretty consistently um and she's going to be kind of hard to take down now the biggest weakness of any opening like that or anyone building a spell book like that is if I have something to stop your Force Master, I've wasted your entire turn. Mm-hmm. So if you go up against, uh, you know, you go up against some other mage and you finally get in their zone and they had a teleport trap and they teleport you back two zones, anything that's not going to get, like, anything that's going to prevent you from trying to put damage on them in a round helps your your opponent exponentially it's uh it's so much impo- like the longer the game goes the less it favors the force master mm-hmm. um especially when you're doing that 
because the more chance they have to get other creatures out, to get other options out, um, to get sources of damage, to have healing, to put armor on. Uh, and I will say that, that um, because of how focused, um, how focused uh, especially this kind of build can be, there are there are still a lot of tools you have. Um, rust becomes an incredible spell. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, acid balls are great spells because you're going after one target, and so anything you can do to strip their defenses away to keep them <laughs> effectively to keep them from stopping you, mm -hmm. anything you do is going to be great. Um, and uh, obviously, Battle Fury is a powerful card. But, uh, like I said, the the long anything they can do to extend that length of the game, every turn it goes longer, the more it favors the other guy. Um, because if they're using their time correctly, they're building their infrastructure and they're built. They're getting out creatures. They're getting out things that are going to help them survive. Mm -hmm. And effectively, once they've figured out your one trick then you're kind of SOL. Yeah. Um, but go ahead. at the same time, you do put a lot of pressure on, um, and like any sort of rush build, anything that's going to try and just throw tons of dice at you, there is that small but uh, satisfying chance to roll insane on dice and just obliterate people. Mm -hmm. I have seen it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen it happen as well. <laughs> um, one of the things I think that's important to mention is maybe um, along with this discussion is who you're playing the game with. Are you, are you playing this Force Master in a tournament with people you've never played before? Are you playing with the same group over and over again? Um, I think if you're playing with a static group or somebody that's seen this book more than once, once they see you drop the Force Master down into the arena, they may know what to expect. And I think one of the reasons why the Rush build works so well is that you're getting somebody off guard. You're stopping them from executing their game plan before they even get a chance to do it. I don't know how many times that trick would work on the same opponents over and over again. If it does, great, you know. Um, if it doesn't, um, then you you don't leave yourself with a lot of options with this straight solo build. <clears throat> I did want to talk oh, definitely. about... I did want to talk about one thing, though. Um, it's just, let's just talk about Galvatar really quick, the Force Blade. Um, sure. It's an 11 mana cost uh, equipment. Of course, it's going to be a weapon. It's a level 3 mind spell. It has two attacks on it. It's got a quick attack. It's thrust, which is four dice, ethereal, and piercing plus two. And it has a full round attack, um, which is spitting slash, which is ethereal, um, does four dice, and is sweeping or has double strike. And what really makes Galvatar unique to me is that it is a cantrip, which means that if it is destroyed for whatever reason or removed from the game, it goes back into your book and not your discard pile, which is huge. Um, well, it's not if it's removed from the game, but at the moment, uh, I don't believe there's anything that removes equipment. Now, oh, okay. If it, yeah, if it gets destroyed or discarded for any reason, uh, basically the only thing that you can't do to it is if it gets obliterated, it's not coming back. Okay. But there's nothing that obliterates equipment at the moment. Okay, interesting. So, yep. So, no, it's uh it's pretty pretty substantial. 
Yeah. Um, the beauty of the beauty of Galvatar is that it hits a nice it hits a nice spot at eleven mana. It's difficult for someone to decide. Hey, I want to uh, I want to dissolve this because I want to spend more mana than I channel in a round for you to put the spell back in your spell book. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's tough. Uh, and sometimes that's sometimes that is still absolutely worth it, but it's it's a tough call. Um, it's also when you're playing as the Force Master, um, having a weapon that has a natural piercing is is pretty stellar. Absolutely, and being able to move Battle Fury yourself and swing for four dice twice that ignores two armor. Uh, that's pretty dangerous. Absolutely. Um, even being able to Battle Fury do a double strike and then swing for four dice with Piercing 2 is, is pretty awesome. There isn't... There's nothing really bad to say about Galvatar, because it's, it's kind of the gold standard of weapons. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> um, really is. It's, it, it, it does everything you need for it to do. You only have to put... Uh, one in your book so uh, from that aspect it's really efficient um, and it's it's constantly dangerous um, the sweeping sweeping is yet another way that you can potentially get around guards um, if there's one creature guarding in a zone and you do a sweeping attack as long as you hit the guard with your first sweeping attack, the second attack of the sweeping can be on whoever you want. Now, that doesn't work if there's multiple guards in the zone, because then there's still someone guarding, so you have to attack them. Mm-hmm. But it's it's yet another way that she can kind of get around uh, stuff like that. And definitely... It, Galvatar gives her a lot of teeth... Um, because you definitely look at her card, and it's like, oh, she doesn't have a melee bonus. Um, she has a three-die attack to start with. You know, there's nothing special about it. But then you see Galvatar, and you know that she is meant to... She's meant to carve crap up. Uh, like Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> Absolutely. It just, I mean, not that it needs to be said, but, you know, for five mana, you could also, I don't know, maybe enchant yourself with bear strength, which gives you the melee plus two trait. And uh, instead of rolling eight dice for a double strike, now you're rolling 12 dice a turn. Um, so there's a well, lot of... You're rolling 10, because you only get melee plus on one of them. On the one strike. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Um, yeah. But ten dice, yep. ten, ten dice is still better than eight. Um, and then oh no, <laughs> ten dice is is great. What I really love with her is uh, the uh, lion savagery. Oh yeah, you go you go lion savagery, uh, and then she naturally has one piercing, and then she has charge plus two. So if she has to chase you down, she becomes that much more threatening. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, it's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's a good, that's a, I think a pretty easy concept to get as far as soloing with the Force Master. Um, what other deck archetypes are we talking about, Aaron? Well, the other two main ones 
Um, one is some sort of buddy creature build. Mm-hmm. Uh, effectively, you pick one or two creatures to put in your spell book, and your goal is to play them out, and effectively they're your sidekick. Um, that's one build. And then the other build is one focusing on Thought Spores. Yes. Um, and <laughs> the the Thought Spores are super cool in that they are a more flexible familiar... Well, in in many ways they're more flexible, and in some ways they are less flexible than other familiars, but they're very unique, um, and you can definitely do things with them that you're not going to be able to do with a, a, a Hugin or... Um, or a Seer 6 or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I guess to start with the the buddy creature build, you really you pick you pick a creature that you're going to want to effectively be your sidekick and it it needs a couple of things. First of all, it needs to be really durable. Um the force master doesn't like ideally you're not going to have a lot of time to go, "Oh my gosh, I have to bail out my X creature here, um, or oh my gosh, I have to, I have to buff, you know, so and so, or oh, I have to protect them. Um, that's not going to happen mm-hmm. uh, a lot. You should, you really shouldn't have time for that. So you want someone who's durable enough to stand on their own two feet. Um, secondly, you want someone who's threatening. Um, it's awesome. They could be super durable, but if they're swinging for three dice. Uh, then your opponent's going to gladly deal with a three-dice attack as opposed to worrying about your Force Master. Um, so they have to actually have some teeth to them so that um, they can really help you, you know, get the job done. And I guess the last thing there is you look at the mana cost and... It's this one is more of a the cost you pick determines how you want to start your games as opposed to oh you should always pick this cost. Okay. Um, and the reason I say this is for instance Dealclaw Grizzly. Dealclaw Grizzly is a fantastic creature uh with a force master. Uh Steelclaw can use all of your buffs because it's living, uh, it's got substantial armor, substantial health. It's certainly threatening as all get out, um, and it's 17 mana. So with that in mind, that just determines how how you want to start your game. Mm-hmm. It's not a oh don't you steal claw grizzly? It costs too much. Um, that's crazy talk. It's it's fantastic, um, but. It, do, it does limit um, your first turn and possibly your second turn because it's going to eat up most of that mana. Um, is he worth it? Uh, yeah. No, he's totally worth it. <laughs> Dude's got a 5-die quick action and a 7-die full action attack. Um, he fits the threatening bill like nobody's business. <laughs> um, so so he's, really, he's a really solid creature for that. Um, on the other side... Um, one of the creatures that I, I tend to like with my Force Master is Devouring Jelly. 
Um, and devouring jelly is kind of a weird one, but it's resilient and it reconstructs itself. So, uh, unless they get exceptionally lucky, and that has happened a couple times, but usually it doesn't, um, he's gonna stick around for a while and he's pretty durable. He's got a five die attack that corrodes people, uh, so he is, he is absolutely threatening. Mm -hmm. But, He's far cheaper than a steel claw grizzly, um, and and he's uh, level three instead of uh, instead of level two. I mean level four. Right. I can math today. That's yeah. that's totally what I. <laughs> um. But he's he's thirteen mana, so he's four mana cheaper. Um. The other interesting thing is he devours, uh, which doesn't come into play too often um but it's definitely a it's a it's a nifty thing to have um the other thing to keep in mind is uh there's more to there's more to resilience like uh literal resilience not the keyword resilient mm -hmm. <laughs> there's more to uh your durability i guess than just your hit points and armor um, and the jelly is non-living, and it has psychic immunity and has acid immunity. Um, the other really interesting thing is that where it's uncontainable, so you can't um, you can't root it in place, you can't tangle vine it, or you can't quicksand it. Um, it's not unmovable. Um, and I bring this up because. I feel that the Force Master covers for the Devouring Jelly's only weakness, which is its mobility, very well. Yeah, she can she can either pull it into the appropriate zone, or she can pull you into its zone. Um, and a lot of times, simple actions like that to ensure that it gets to attack, um, it it it's definitely it's definitely potent. He he does not tickle, <laughs> and um, I've. <laughs> I've won uh, a few games with him simply because he was able to attack a couple of times and get some corrodes on the target. They find like they had to spend time to destroy him, which was um, a good two, three-ish turns. Um, because if you roll unlucky, he he's a total tank and reconstruct is pretty stellar mm -hmm. um but they did finally down him but because they had lost so much armor and they had mm -hmm. they had taken a, a fairly significant amount of damage from him i was able to power it through to the end with just my forest master awesome um so he's another one um that i really love now the one that the one that has a soft spot in my heart is the earth elemental oh yeah um, yeah i was gonna mention him you have to you have to kind of do it weird uh in the first in the first couple turns um because he costs so much but he has as much health as you do um which is pretty awesome uh now whereas the jelly whereas the jelly costs significantly less and can be pulled around by your force master the Earth Elemental cannot. The Earth Elemental has an awesome 
uh, full action attack and an awesome uh, zone attack. So it's got some it's got some pretty sweet stuff going on there. But you can't use your Force Master tricks to kind of pull him around. You have to pull people to him. Uh, and and so that's a that's always a, a problem with him. I played several games with him. I really like him, but in the end, I think the Grizzly or um, the the Jelly are much better. Um, now, from a similar in a similar vein, uh, there are a couple other creatures. I'll just mention briefly. Um, Skeletal Knight is really solid uh, because he's not living and because he has a defense, because he has substantial hit points. Um, I've seen I've seen some success with that. Um, you can also you can you are free to try kind of weird things out. Um, I saw someone use a uh, stone gaze basilisk with the uh, the force master. Interesting. They just kind of stuck him down like a turret, and they kept trying to stick people in place. Um, which that was that was pretty cool. I saw someone use a Hydra because it's a Hydra. Why not? <laughs> and it wasn't bad. It certainly wasn't <coughs> bad, uh, especially when you keep getting locked in a zone um, with the Hydra uh, and you have no one else to attack. It's it's pretty funny watching him, you know, effectively get four attacks a turn. Um, that's the thing to keep in mind is when you're looking at creatures, the f- creatures that are going to be great with the Force Master, sometimes you can totally look outside um, creatures you would normally play. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, she has access to Force Hold, and she has access to Stumble, and she has access to uh, movement tricks, and all this stuff uh, for cheap. And so she's going to be using them. Um, so, you know, that is that is absolutely something to keep in mind. Uh, and that's that's how I ended up playing the Jelly to begin with. Or rather, I started with the Earth Elemental and then started playing the Jelly because, you know, oh, if I, if I Force Hold you in a zone with a Jelly, your next turn, I'm going to guess you're going to teleport because that is not a pleasant place to be, and there's no other way really to ensure that you're not going to get pwned this round. Um, so that's uh, that's something to keep in mind, is that she definitely... Her, her movement tricks are not just for her, mm-hmm. um, but like I said before, you're not going to be playing tons of creatures. Sure. Um, so the, the third style of book is, is all about... Um, Thought Spores. The biggest issue with Thought Spores is they have no armor and they're flying. Um, now, flying is mostly a good thing for them. Because um, it prevents it prevents a lot of melee attacks. The problem is Jetstream is a very solid spell and it kind of murders them. <laughs> Like it, it, it shreds them up like tissue paper. Um, so you have to be careful. Uh, you, you have to, you have to watch what you're doing. That being said, um, they can spellbind 
any attack or incantation. Um, obviously, that's not that's uh, not epic, uh, etc. You know. Yep. But you know, throwing one down, throwing one down on turn two with a force hammer. Um, I've done that in games before, and my opponent had no conjurations the whole game. Because every time I saw one go up, I was like, oh, sweet! Smash! Yeah. That's um, more smash. <laughs> I've seen people do force pushes on them, which that's also pretty solid, because you're either moving people around, which is great, or if you... If you're in a situation where that's not going to be advantageous, you can bash people into the walls of the arena and get a free three-dice attack that's unavoidable, um, which is pretty awesome. Uh, taking that to new levels, you can also do um, Jetstream. Uh, the, the spell that they hate so much is really good when they use it. Um, uh, and then, basically, that's the, that's the, the key, is that these kind of attack spells and stuff like that are really great on them. Uh, one of the other things uh, I've seen, and this one doesn't happen often, because you kind of have to you have to wait and see if this strategy is going to be good against your opponent, because you can't you can't kind of preempt it in the first couple turns. Uh huh. But um, I've seen people put sleep on one, and then just every round. I'm putting something to sleep. And so, effectively, they either start locking down large ports, parts of the board, or their opponent has to waste one creature's action every round to try and wake up the other creature every round. Mm -hmm. um, which is pretty sweet. But, at the same time, like, that's going to be less than useful against the Necromancer. Sure. And stuff like that. And that's another thing to keep in mind, who you're playing... I'm not going to be using tons of force pushes against a druid, because all of her creatures are rooted. Right. <laughs> uh, except Kralithor. And it is, it is uh, fulfilling to, to push him around and to keep him away. But, you know, the bulk of her creatures, her raptor vines, etc., they're all rooted, so they ignore pushes. Mm. Um, but that's the thing, is you have a wide access of the kind of spells you can put on there, and there's all sorts of things you can do. Um, you can throw a, a Invisible Fist on there, because it's a four-die attack for four mana. Uh, and so that's pretty solid every round. But the thing I would say, in general, the farther you can keep your, your Thought Spores away from the battle, away from the action the better off you're going to be. Mm -hmm. um, so, I would be hesitant about any ranged one spells that don't, for instance, say, target your mage. Okay. Um, that, that said, you probably also want to think about um, a little bit of defense for them. Uh, the, best, the best card for that right now uh, is probably... Brace yourself. Um, being able to reveal for free for plus four armor, that's exactly what they need. They need armor. They have a fair amount of health, um, but they have zero armor. 
And so that's what lets them get torn up by, you know, a single jet stream, potentially. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so giving them four armor for a round really helps. You know, and that can't be... That you can't get around it like you can a defense. You can totally do piercing, um, but unless like Brogan Bloodstones attacking them, it's unlikely that they're going to have enough piercing to to make you, you know, very killable on that attack. So they're probably still going to have to do more than one. Sure. So, um, so that's just something to, to keep in mind. I love thought spores. They're they're one of the original reasons I was playing. Force Master, um, because they, I personally think they're the coolest familiars in the game. I love have I love having animated, you know, elemental and mage wands yeah. running around. <laughs> um, but, yeah. but they do they do get torn up. They and especially after about the second time they do something, your opponent's gonna go, oh, never again. Yeah, never again. <laughs> So that's a that's a trickier book to play. Um, I would definitely say that the majority of Force Master books uh, that I see are very much that kind of buddy build mm-hmm. uh, because it's harder to lock down two threats than one, uh, and she can be super aggressive. So um, yeah, but those are the big those are the big books I've seen. And now you can do, obviously, you can do different things with each of them, because the Force Master, like, the Force School has a bunch of movement tricks and has a bunch of, um, you know, things to lock down creatures and stuff like that. So it's got a bunch of options. Um, you just have to make sure you don't go too overboard on them. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, um, you still have to kill the other guy. Right. So that's something to keep in mind. Well, awesome, man. I think... Um... I know just personally, I got a lot out of this podcast, um, and I hope you guys did as well. So if you have any questions about the Force Master, hit us up on the forums. I'm sure Aaron will post this on the Mage Wars forums like he generally does with all of our Mage Wars Mondays podcast. Uh, we'd like to get some dialogue in about this. What do you like to do with the Force Master? Do you disagree with anything that was said on this podcast? Let us know. Uh, and, of course, any comments or feedbacks regarding the show, we are always happy to hear um, I've gotten some great stuff just at Let's Level Up uh, People commenting on the actual um, on the actual site, and um, that's been really fun to read. So if you guys are um, submitting things there or to us on Twitter or even on the forums, thank you so much. We really really appreciate the feedback. And um, you know this is Aaron and I. This is both of our favorite games out there right now, and uh, I know I'm just happy to be along for the ride. So Aaron, do you want to say anything before we uh, sign off? Uh. Don't overlook the invisible stalker, but don't play him against wizards. <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> well, guys, on on behalf of Scott, uh, you know, may all your roles be crits, and uh, play more Mage Wars. <laughs> <laughs>